September 22nd, 2017, I uploaded the very first episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast starring my own mother, which I thought was ironic, and it was a tremendous episode. Since then, I've had on lots of different guests from uh, the MMA community, from marketing, and again, friends and family that have been um, involved in the cult that I emerged from. Today, my guest is no different as far as someone you should be excited to hear from. Her name is Becca Stone, and she wanted to kind of come on and get a feel for what it's like to start a podcast and how we've done so far and where we're headed. And so, of course, we delved back into the IFB, what it's like to leave a cult, what it's like to get into a cult, and um, the conversations I've been able to have with people, many of you that have had a similar experience to what I had. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast. I have no doubt whether this is your first episode or you just, you've watched every episode up until now, you're sure to thoroughly enjoy this episode. Thanks so much, as always, for watching. My name's Stuart. This is my friend, Becca. And this is the Not Your Mother's Podcast. And we're going to toast. <laughs> mm. So, on this episode, <clears throat> as you can see, we have a different setup. Um, uh, me and Chloe have relocated to a new location. And I don't know which episode is going to come first, so let me quickly... Um, introduce Becca to you. She's a great, great friend of mine. We've known each other, hmm. Probably three years. I was going to say three. So yeah, three years. Uh, yeah, about three years. Uh, we met via the amazingness that's Gary Vaynerchuk. And I know you're tired of hearing about Gary, so I'll continue. Never be tired <laughs> about hearing about Gary. Yeah, she's she's a fellow. Move uh, on to a different podcast fellow, if you're tired. I'm a fellow disciple. So, <laughs> um, but we, we met each other, um, uh, I wouldn't say strangely enough, but in a different way via social media, via Instagram. Yes. And, like we were in the um, same room, we saw each yeah. other. We had no idea who each other were. and then Until after. Yeah, until after. Until some interaction on Instagram and uh, uh, we've hung out a couple times and it's been great. And she's just a really, she's got a lot of positive energy and a great, been a great friend to me. So I wanted to have her on, <clears throat> talk about a few things. And today we're going to do something completely different than we've ever done before. So we're going to flip the script a little bit, and I am going to talk in a, as meta as we can be about the podcast, on the podcast. Um, and we're going to talk about also about cults, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Becca had watched a couple of podcasts and had heard all the talk about cults and all the craziness, mm -hmm. watched the episode with my mother Katie, and was kind of blown away by it, as some of you were as well. And uh, so when we talked, when I talked about having her on the podcast, in fact, I feel like I only gave you a day's notice, right? Yeah. We talked about this yesterday, yeah. and she drove far to be here, so thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate okay. it. But she drove very far to be here, and um, I only gave her a day's notice. Said, "Hey, uh, I don't even know how I led with that. I just, I think I just straight up asked you. Or I think like, we, were t we were talking about Gary, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I said, hey, oh, you should Gary. be on. Yeah, Gary always, always, and always. starts everything. Yeah." So I said, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? She said, yeah, sure. And she said, you know, when, when, when? And I said, how about tomorrow or Tuesday? She said, tomorrow, I'll be there. <laughs> so she drove all the way down and she was here. So thank you. Yeah, um, anyways, we're going to get started. And we're going to, she wants, she has some questions that she wants to ask me about the podcast, about cults and all that. And so I'm going to let her fire away. I promise you this will be entertaining and intriguing. So stay tuned uh, because um, I'm actually really, I've looked a lot of podcasts I filmed, and then I went back to it. I was like, "Oh, this was great!" Mm -hmm. But there have been very few that I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to do this one!" Like I'm mm -hmm. very excited, so I'm oh, excited okay. to do this. So, okay. once again, thank you, and 
The floor is yours. Okay. So my first thing, is, my first question is, I want to know how this podcast is going for you. Like, like really, you know, I want to start one, but yeah, I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to start. And sure. I, don't, I guess we're never going to feel ready, but I just want to know how you just got it going. Yeah. Like, you just were ready. So I'll talk to the technical side of that first, and then I'll get into how it's going now. But I'll be honest with you, um, starting it, starting it was a process uh, because... The very first episode I filmed was with my good friend Trenton, and I didn't have a format. We didn't have anything written down. In fact, during the entire podcast, Clinton was treating, cleaning. We were in, okay. Let me set the stage up. We were in his garage on a couch, not on like this, in his garage. So there's all kinds of noise from outside. He was cleaning semi-automatic weapons while we were talking, and there was a lot of dead space. Not his fault. I just wasn't prepared at all. I didn't. I thought I'd watched enough Joe Rogan that I would just turn on the camera and it would be magic. Yeah. And because I'd done public, he, makes it look so easy. he does. And I'd done a lot of public speaking in the past, so I thought, well, this is going to be you know easy shit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. Okay. <laughs> so that was actually the first episode, and those, uh, I think I could have made them like two or three, and I deleted all of them because I watched them. Yeah, I watched what? them. I watched them back, and they were. Oh, yeah, Trenton no. had the same response. He's like, "You deleted our shit, bro." <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it was okay, bad. Okay, first that was stupid. I agree it was, because now the lost tapes are actually lost. Well, the, like, I mean, have you ever looked at Gary Vaynerchuk's first mm-hmm. videos? It's they're rough. so different I know. from what he does now. But, they're gone. So, um, so um, that's part of the growing pains of getting started. The other part of it was, um, once I had something that I was really happy with, which was my interview with my mother, that was the first episode, I waited a long time to get that interview with her. And I feel like I had a, I actually had a couple other episodes already recorded, but I don't regret. <clears throat> the one thing I would say about starting a podcast is, or starting anything that feels like it's you know just this momentous task, or I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, uncomfortable or just it's a huge undertaking. It really is. I didn't realize how big an undertaking it was until I did it. But it's okay to take your time to start. But it's not okay. It's weird because it's okay to take your time to start, but it's not okay to take too long. Mm-hmm. And there were parts of it where I took too long and parts of it where I feel like I did it okay. okay. But it should have got off the ground sooner than it did. Okay. So um, keeping that fire lit under yourself is really difficult, especially when it's something that's big. And as far as the technical parts of it, my brother Andrew actually is, was very instrumental uh, in helping me get started. He helped me set up my RSS feed. So that, honestly, um, I, I'll upload a, a video to YouTube, and then iTunes and Stitcher populate automatically. Wow. It's done. Like, That's I don't have, awesome. Yeah, because I said it. Andrew helped me. I will. I'll show you. He has a video. It's a tutorial. Um, and I'll, if I remember, I never remember. But if I remember, I'll put it in the, in the uh, descri- description here for you guys that are looking to start a podcast. So the audio automatically goes to Stitcher and iTunes. I do upload it separately to Facebook. Um, and I think the, uh, the important thing for me was getting started. I, it was a big undertaking and I thought I'd do it all by myself. Could not have done it without my brother. And as you've seen the equipment that Trenton has let me use, I couldn't have done it without Trenton. Uh Like without him letting me use his computer, microphone, a lot of other things, just lending his technical skills. And what does that computer do that your computer does? My computer is going to get fried. Like it doesn't, it's a MacBook Air and what he's letting me use is an iMac and it just doesn't have the capacity to write a three hour video. Oh, wow. Because well, I think my episode with John is about three hours, and then it's not—it's not so much writing it. I have to download it onto this computer. That's heating this thing up and driving it crazy. 
then I have to just add an intro and an outro, and just adding that means that I have to produce a whole new product, download it onto my computer, and then upload it. So my CPU core processing unit is just like, it's, it's too much for it. Okay. So I was trying to export, I think, like a two-hour video, and it's just going to take 60 hours. Whoa. Yeah. So I was in the process of that, and I'm like, it's not going down. What's going on? And I hit up my brother, and he's like, stop exporting it right now. You're gonna, your computer's going to be dead. You're not going to be able to use it. Wow. So I stopped, and I hit up Trenton, and I was like, dude, do you know anyone that has a computer I could buy, just a cheap one, just to do this? And he's like, I have this enormous two-terabyte computer that you can borrow. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I think the thing to say, I feel like I'm very blessed to have those friends and family to help me but the thing to say is it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to be like okay this is too it's okay to step back mm -hmm. and say this is way too much i can't mm -hmm. handle this on my own i need help there's nothing okay. wrong with i think that goes for a lot of things but if you're really you or mm -hmm. someone else is looking to start a podcast you know get some help get some help from the get-go like mm -hmm. reach out it doesn't have to be me i don't know if i'll make the time but like not right. for you but for just anyone that's watching but like reach out to someone that's doing it already or um, and at least get some advice on how to get started. I asked Jocko Willing for advice. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's got a podcast that's doing very well, and he's got a lot of other accolades. But I okay. uh, asked my friend Josh Owens, who's had a podcast for over a year. I asked them all, like, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Like, I'm starting one. What should I do? Okay. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for help. Understand this is a big undertaking. Allow it to take you... It's hard to find this medium, but allow it to take you enough time. You're going to look back, and if you start something like this where you're consistently putting out content on a platform, you're going to look back in a year and hate the first thing you put up. You just are. It's guaranteed. You look at your Instagram posts from three years ago, and you're like, I did not know what the fuck I was doing, yeah. you know? Now you know what you're doing. you got to figure it out. Okay. So it's going to happen where you're going to look back and not like it. Allow yourself to say, I'm not going to love this in a year. But am I happy with it now? Mm -hmm. All right, then I can go ahead and post it. And it gives you a starting point. You have, And you have to have that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we get back to the whole perfectionist thing where we never get started on right. anything. So, we um, never fail, yep. so we won't ever learn. Exactly. Never fail, never learn. So I would definitely say to try Don't to... grow. And no growth at all in that. So I would definitely say try to find that happy medium where you're happy enough with it to post it now. You're not worried about the future. Just post it now and, and mm -hmm. let it go. But don't be afraid to take your time on it, whatever it is, whether it's a podcast or whatever. So that's it on like the getting started on the technical side of it. The other side is, for me, I have a lot of um, – I work with a lot of people in digital marketing and social media and helping them build their brands. So I'm accustomed to spending money and pushing your brand and, okay. and working hard for that. I have done very little work to push this podcast on anyone. I do share it on my Facebook. I do share it on Instagram. But I'm not, for the most part, I'm not private messaging people and, hey, go like this page. How do you think people are finding you? That's what I love about it is it's now it's become a thing where one, like I had a comment um, on a more recent podcast with my friend Mary Schloss and we talked about the cult that I was in and, excuse me, the college that we both went to and going on tour singing for that college and... Someone actually came across that episode, liked it, liked the page, uh, and then they commented and said, I actually found this from someone, excuse me, who's not an ex-cult member. It's just like a regular random person. And I was explaining to them my cult experience, and they said, oh, you mean like the people on Not Your Mother's podcast? And I was like, what? Because my page isn't huge. I have under 100 subscribers on YouTube. No, but I'm under, that's still It's fun. crazy. It's crazy. And I have under uh, 200 likes. I love that likes. reaction. You're like, what? I was like, nah. -uh. 
And then I have, like I said, under 200 uh, likes on Facebook. So for me to have actual word of mouth happening is amazing. So so growth is important. I want that. And 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 the the whole idea of not your mother's podcast. I did. I initially wanted to name it something to do with cults or things like that because I know that's something that I'm passionate about helping people get out of or, or just bringing light to the fact that they're everywhere and they're super toxic and they will destroy your life. And but they're kind of like, um, what do you call that? Like, a, is it, should I say parasite? Like where mm-hmm. you don't know that it's there and then all of a sudden it's taken over. Before. Yeah. It's too late before right. you realize it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very parasitic. Um, but the, the, for me, what I wanted was that's what I wanted to talk about anyways. But I named it not your mother's podcast because I wanted to be I wanted it to be explicit. I curse a lot, and I also wanted it to, I wanted it to be a wider range. Like I didn't want it to be like, like oh my god, all this guy ever talks about is cults. And to be fair, most of my episodes where I don't talk about cults don't go nearly as far or get as much reach. They just That's don't. Because cults are controversial. They're controversial, and it's a, honestly. And I think regardless, people only see the negative. Always. I mean, I, mm-hmm. There might be positive. I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. I have no There idea. is positive, yeah. But it's not as widespread as a negative, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's... Uh, and it's a fun buzzword right, right now. Like, Leah mm-hmm. Remini has really helped. Um, um, uh, Lilia Tarawa has helped. Uh, Daughter of Glory Vale. She's got a book. It's terrific. But um, initially, I wanted it to be, you know, more than that. But now it's gotten to where these episodes where I talk about the cult that I came out of are very very polarizing and very interesting to people. So I've really enjoyed that. The biggest, so what I was getting at was I do like to push this, but I don't push this a podcast too hard because I want I want the people that are meant to find it and that need to find it, I want them to find like it in a... grassroots. Grassroots, and I want them to find it in a way that's not like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. I want it to be like, oh, what's this? And then right. watch it and be like, oh, shit. This is what I'm going through. This is what I went through. This is what I need or to get out of. Or maybe they don't even know they're in a cult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like yeah, and you, and you don't. And you, we'll we'll get we'll get into that for sure. Okay. Um, the one thing I did want to share. Sorry, I'm not trying to no, mess the thing. The one thing I did want to share, um, especially with the listeners and with you as well, is that I've had on two, maybe three occasions, messages from people that are still in the IFB, and I am not here to out anyone or get anyone in trouble. So that's that's not the goal. So I won't be mentioning any names, but. I've had several people message me and say, look, I'm still inside the cult. I want you to know that what you're doing is making a difference and it's mm-hmm. helping. And this isn't me just trying to pump myself. This is me letting you guys know that I hear you and I'm going to keep doing this because it's it's helpful. If it's helpful to one person, I know that's the cliche that's, thing. No, but that's but so important. If like, it's helpful, that means you've done your job. Right, exactly. If it's helpful to one person, then it is, then it is absolutely worth it. And so that's something that's really been a driving force now is getting those messages and having people say, not so much I need your help, though that's come a couple times. It's more of your podcast is helping me find my way out of this mess. Or I'm still in this mess. I don't know how to get out, but what you're doing is important. Please keep doing it. Would you be able to give someone advice on how to get out? I have. We have. I have Instagram DMs that go on for forever about that. Yeah. So, so there are ways. Like, is there like a strategy? Like, how does that work? Well, yeah, it's a good question. We didn't have that written down, but I'm glad you're asking that. No, it's a good question. So, I mean, it's like we've talked about on other subjects, it's different for everyone. So for okay. me, there were a lot of uh, personal struggles, uh, relationship struggles, and then seeing a, a, a man who had led that cult for a long time 
uh, come to a place of actually serving time in a, he's now serving time in a federal penitentiary because he's a pedophile. Oh. So watching all of this kind of happen and seeing things happen, um, you know, on a, on a more micro level in, in my own relationships as well, seeing how awful these people were and how bad they were treating people and realizing, okay, but me and you believe the same thing and we go by the same rules and we read the same Bible and we go to the same church, but you're just a terrible piece of shit person. And I'm not perfect, but I'm not treating people the way you are. Right, right. So what's going on? Like, what's right. the, what's, what is making so, you be so terrible? So that, for me, that was my catalyst. So I have a question, mm -hmm. like, about, I guess, like, I want to know, like, how, like, if it was your choice, if it was your family's choice mm -hmm. to leave or... Or how did that even end up happening? Um, yeah, so there are some personal details that I won't go into okay. all of them on the podcast. Okay. But um, it's a good question. And, and really, I think it's, it speaks to... Because your family's out now. My family's out, but we didn't all exit simultaneously. But it was all around a very similar time frame. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in luck. I think luck is bullshit. But if I've ever been lucky, it's been that my family and me made an exit around a similar time. It. So it really didn't have a lot to do with my family um, at the time that it happened. It had more to do with my personal choices and just coming to that place of realizing there's something terrifically fucked up here. The fact that we're not, we're pretend, I'm pretending to have parallel lives with church leaders, but I'm not. Like I'm reading the Bible and praying and going to church like they tell me to, like they do, mm -hmm. but they're, you know, they, their sexual indiscretions are just mind-blowing. And I'm not doing that shit. So what, what's going on? And was that hard because your family was still in it? Oh, yeah. Well, so that, that's something that I should definitely talk about because most of the people that have messaged me have family and or friends. And that's how a cult works, and we'll get into that more. But, like, you, you, if you, leaving causes you can cause you to pretty much lose everything. Literally, your job, your, um, your relationship with family and friends. And that really is... How a lot of us define our lives is by our work and by our relationships. And so you have to start over. Like everything crumbles to the ground when that happens. So yes and no. Uh, my situation was quite unique in that I wasn't so much concerned about losing my family as I was concerned about, you know, my own mental and emotional state and the fact that I, I just had to get out no matter what. And that's really the point that you have to come to. If you're going to get out, you have to understand that for yourself and your family slash your immediate family, your children, your spouse, you have to be able to look at the situation that you've placed yourselves in and understand like this is not good for any of us on any level. It's bad for my family, uh, my immediate family. And so I have to do something to change this narrative that we're allowing our lives to, to, to be created within. And so, um, you know, my exit had a lot to do with, like I said, things that uh, or people in relationships that I just looked at and I realized like we're supposed to be going by the same guidelines and commandments and we're really not so how does someone get out it beats me really like it's difficult um, but it's uh, it, it has Could you to... just pack up and move so that's that's a I'm, I like that you brought that up because that's a very common um, question like why didn't you leave sooner or can't you just go can't you just walk but you ha again, you have to. It goes back to understanding how, and unless you've been in a cult, it's really difficult to understand. Right. You have to understand how pervasive this is—a whole subculture that you've 
gotten yourself into. So you most likely got your job from someone that works at the church, or you have work associates that are also in the church, um, and you have family that's in the church. And, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, people that aren't in the church that were your friends or family before, if you can't get them to come into church, it's not always full excommunication, but there's a level of shunning and excommunication that happens between you and them. So what you've essentially done is in leaving the cult, not only do you have the people on the outside, you don't have the people on the outside because you've cut them off because they don't love Jesus, right? Uh But now you lost the people on the inside too. Uh And if you can't get your spouse to come with you, what do you have? You don't have your job? You don't have your marriage? Sounds like it's like losing your right arm. Yeah, you've lost your, you have lost in so many ways, in all of those ways that I mentioned, you've lost who you are. But you've also lost who you are because your whole identity is based on this belief system mm-hmm. that worships a very angry God, at least in the case of the cult that I was in, worships a very angry God, is very legalistic, you can't go to the movies. Uh, what, what you're wearing right now is the attire of an harlot, like literally, I'm not kidding you. Cover yeah. it up. <laughs> Doesn't matter, you're wearing, <laughs> you're wearing pants. And that's just wicked. It's terrible. Wow. There's a rule on your neckline, like yours is too low. Yours is very decent. Like, very <laughs> decent. But that's a rule. There's so no like, cleavage here. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't matter. Like, it just, they, wow. there's rules. I think it's three fingers. So, like, mine's not even decent. From, like, yeah, from, like, your neck, it's, like, three fingers or something. So, I, I mean, to wear a turtleneck. Yeah. But... Right. In order to exactly. join In cult. order to join right. the cult, you must always wear turtlenecks, no matter what the weather is. Right. So... Oh, I got off on that one. Um, so <laughs> that was a tangent. Great. But that's that's really, you've based so much of your belief in God on all this bullshit. And so now you've lost your identity because you've lost your family, your friends, all that. But you've also lost your whole belief system. Everything just went to shit. Right. What you've believed for, whether it's your whole life or for your adult life or that for must, the last five that years. That must have been really confusing. Like, it's am very I confusing. doing the right thing? Yeah. Am I sure this is what I want? Yeah, and 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 they off that that cult that specific cult. Many of them operate off of fear and manipulation, mm-hmm. and so you've been trained to be so afraid your whole life. Of course, you're going to be afraid of this decision. Uh, someone in a recent message when we were going back and forth said this feels like. Uh, they said this feels like jumping off a cliff, and I and they said, "Is that right to feel that way?" I said, "You've been taught to fear everything your whole life." This is the most fearful thing that you'll ever do. This is the scariest thing that you'll ever do. Once you're through this, once you're past this, you're going to be strong as fuck. Like but this is the scariest. Where it's like they drink the Kool-Aid. Absolutely drink the Kool-Aid, yeah. Right, I mean, but, not... but like that's the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like when we're like, when there's something we don't like mm-hmm. and we think people are blindly following yep. something, we think, uh-oh, uh, she drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And that's based off the Jonestown cult where they all drank the Kool-Aid and died. Right. Um... But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they drank the Kool-Aid. And and I don't, like a lot of times people say that in a sarcastic way or in, in a demeaning way, and I don't mean it that way because that yeah, was me for a long time. I know you don't either. I <laughs> just want to qualify that. But it's, yeah, it's very, um, it's very scary. How did your family get into it? Was that before um, you were born? Yeah, it was before I was born. Uh, my father uh, worked at a shipyard in Newport News, Virginia. He heard Jack Hiles speak. Jack Hiles was the original leader of that I don't know if you could say the original leader because there's guys like John R. Rice and, man, someone's going to correct me because I know you guys know way more people than I do, or not way more, but, like, you can call the names off. But there was a lot of other leaders, but Jack Hiles was really the, the, the main one that came up with these these crazy rules, the turtlenecks mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, he heard Jack speak, 
and then he uh, ended up attending Hiles Anderson College, which was Jack Hiles College. Um, excuse me. Is and that then, the college you um, went to? That's college I also went to, yeah, that I graduated from. Um, and then my mother, excuse me, a similar instance where she ended up going to the, the school there at uh, First Baptist Hammond, Hammond Baptist, and then she went to college, met my father there. They got married. Um, oh, so they met in college. They met at college, and yeah, my parents oh. met at Hiles Anderson. So they were both already actually in the cult. Yes, they were. Uh huh. When they met. Mm-hmm. Did they refer to it as a cult? Oh, I mean now, yes. But back then? No, 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 no. You would never. If you're in a cult, there's actually a a, a special on Netflix called Holy Hell. I don't know if you okay. ever heard of it. No. It che- if it's still on Netflix, I should check. But if it's yeah, it will blow your fucking mind. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. It's about a guy so, that started his own little cult. And he would say, there's footage of him saying, people call us a cult. Like, well, so what if they call us a cult? Like, what do you mean, so what? Maybe you should look into it. Right, so because you there's can't... a lot of negative stereotypes that go with mm-hmm. that word. Yeah, exactly. So you can't just say, you know, if, if someone, here's, here's, my, here's my take on the word cult. You can't just, if someone calls your thing or your, what you're doing a cult, and it's, they're saying it in a negative way, you but need to check into that. A lot of times... I mean, the only time I've ever heard cult is in a positive way is when people Movies. go, yeah, yeah, like the cult, cult classic, right, like cult, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, or Pulp Fiction, Lord like of those the wing, kind, of, yeah, Lord, Lord of the, the Wings, wings. yeah, it'd be, I mean, that's actually a good name for a wings restaurant. Let's see <laughs> if I can uh, market that. I like wings. I'm sure someone's thought of it. But anyways, <laughs> Lord of the Wings would sounds like delicious right now. I just awesome. ate, but that sounds good. Um, but yeah, you Let's don't go um, get that trademark, right? For sure. So you don't call it a cult when you're in it because you have to, um, I can't think of the right word, but you can't associate, you can't allow your mind to make that connection. Because when it does, then you got to check into it and you got to see so, what's going okay, on. So basically your mom and your dad mm-hmm. had both joined, mm-hmm. believing that this was a good place. Yes. Believing that what they believed was good yeah. and it was totally... Um, I don't want to say these were normal, but it was normal. It was normal to them. Right, then. but it wasn't, there wasn't any red flags. They met, they got married, mm-hmm. then they had you and your siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, um, i got to figure out my timeline. Yeah, I was born before my dad started pastoring, but my dad pastored in the cult um, for several years. Uh, and I don't say that to disparage him or against him or anything. The thing that, um, and I, this is also from the conversation I had with someone recently, you are hurt and manipulated by people that have been hurt and manipulated themselves. And so to practice anger or be upset at them, while it's not, uh, while it's not wrong, it's not, it's not, um, it's not logic based because they were manipulated just as much as you were. So now again, if they were, if there was some kind of, you know, physical or sexual abuse, absolutely. Like you need to, File charge, charges. You need to find out about the statute of limitations. You just was see what that you can allowed? Do. Um, like, like molestation and things like that. Well, what I mean is, yeah, like so. I, I mean, again, I, I, I don't. This is the I outside is, looking in for you. I understand. Yeah. So, like, all I know is like what you hear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and what, what I, my understanding of a cult is that there are rules inside of the cult. That do not apply to the outside world. They protect. Well, yes, that's correct. But they also protect their leaders. You'll find, so if especially they did with something they improper, yeah. they were protected. And what do I do as a as a victim? As so, as a victim, you were fucked. There's nothing you There's can, nothing do. I can do. There's I nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You accept it, and in some cases, let's say, for instance, it was uh, 
the, the perpetrator was a male, the victim was a female, some cases the woman will get pregnant. And if that happens, she was sent away to a home or something like that. She's could, women are, are, are not in every cult, but especially in the one I grew up in and in many that are like it. My mind is blown, by the way. They're, I can see by the look on your face. They're condemned. In many cases, what happens is, even if the woman doesn't get pregnant, before they, they usually excommunicate the woman, and the man either gets to stay on in his current position, uh-huh. or they move him to a different church, and he just does it to someone else. Did your mom say something about this in one of your first podcasts? Yes, she did. So I would for I would just kind of point that as a reference. Like Got there it. are some things that she she said. I don't want to retell her story Got and it. get something wrong. Okay, no, no. <laughs> but I, no, I she that. had she had a very similar thing happen to her inside of that cult. And uh, for those of you that are watching, if you haven't watched the very first episode with my mother Katie, go watch it. It's it's very short compared to most of these. And uh, you'll, but it's you'll, really fascinating. Your questions, will, like your mind, will be blown, and you'll have so many questions. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. I definitely want to put that. You know, review my podcast and put that up <laughs> five stars. So, um, yeah, what happens to the woman? And generally, um, it's it's hard to say generally, but often the woman is not of age, so it okay. is it is pedophilia that's going on. Wow. Um, yeah, and what happens generally is she'll get stood up in front of the church and she'll be called basically a whore in front of the entire church congregation, and then either excommunicated so you can't come back to the church or sent away. Or can you imagine what would be even worse what is having the suicide to... rate? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, oh. I wouldn't say they're they're that much different than your average suicide rate, but I just feel like you would think it'd be those higher. type of things would cause someone mm-hmm. to be. They do. They cause. Like well, I, Catholicism I... really, you know, really fucks you over with. And I'm not knocking Catholicism. I'm a, one of my previous guests, Mary's Catholic, so I'm not trying to shit on them. Um, but. You know, if you commit suicide as a Catholic, that's it. You're going to hell. Like that's right. that's it. You're done. Right. But what um, I mean is, if I was out, outed like that, generally it turns into them just living the rest of their life absolutely miserable. A lot of cutting, a lot of self abuse. Um, but uh, not in the cult. Somewhere else. No, they they usually stay in the cult because again, it's all you've known, and even though you were condemned and you're this terrible person, you you have a. Um, desire to be right with God, as we would put it in air quotes. You have this innate desire, um, not innate, but you have this learned desire to be right with this angry, angry God. And so you're conditioned, absolutely. And so when this happens, and you think about you're already conditioned, right? And then you're stood up in front of hundreds, maybe 50 people. You're violated. And you're violated. Against your will. Right. But then you have to stand up there. Now you stand up there, but then. That is now your reality. Your reality is, I'm I am a degenerate. I'm a terrible person. I'm a wicked sinner, and I need I need to get right with God. This is my fault. Now I don't know my my that mother's makes my heart hurt. It's terrible. My mother's better with explaining because um, she works with a lot of victims in and in and outside of the cult of um, domestic and 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 uh, sexual abuse, and so she understands this better than me, but. It is a societal problem, not just a cult problem, where when women are abused, or even men sometimes in that way, they take all that guilt on them. It's my fault. Somehow it's my fault. And if you've read that's much... That's really common. Um, yes, exactly. Outside of yeah. the cult. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so common for small, young children. Exactly. Um, what did I do to make them think they could do that to me? Or what or did I do... like, what did I do to deserve, deserve this? Deserve this, exactly. sometimes they're little, like, I mean, I mean mm-hmm. little, like, set... Five, yeah, they, younger, yeah. Like, 
ages yeah. where they shouldn't know what any of that is. Right. And my still my girls are teenagers, and right. I, in my head, I'm like, they know nothing. Exactly. Right. right? I, I pretend, <laughs> I'm like, she is 15, and right. she knows nothing, nothing about that. <laughs> She's like not even thinking about. That's boys. the spirit, right? right? But like, I mean, really logically, yeah. a five year old doesn't they should no know anything. No, they, no they really shouldn't. So. Um, because of that, and again, it's a social construct where that that guilt is uh, projected is what I'm looking for. That guilt okay. is projected onto them, and because of that, they just end up. And then the the cult, like everyone in the organization, allows them to feel that way. That's that is that feeling on steroids, if okay. you, if, if that makes sense. So you have that already, but so now adding to that, guilt. you already have it, but now you have guilt against your heavenly Father. Now you have guilt, not against, but guilt from God. Right. Because the man of God who molested you or let someone else do it is now saying God's angry at you because you let that happen to yourself. So you're adding layers. You mm-hmm. have the normal human condition mm-hmm. that makes you feel guilty for that. And then on top of that, you have an external, um, almighty, omnipresent force that says, I'm also mad at you. Ooh. So you're mad at yourself, society's mad at you, this whole congregation is mad at you, and God's mad at you. So you would think that, yes, that would lead to suicide. I'm not saying it never does. It more often leads to just a, a very miserable life because the rest of your life, you're trying to get back in God's good graces. And you never really, once that's happened and you've been put in front of a church like mm-hmm. that, you they don't you don't really get it back. No, that church won't. And even if it does, think about it. Would you want to keep going there now that everyone knows that you're this terrible person? When you're no, really not. I, think, I mean, again, I, I don't have personal experience, yeah. but... You know, based on stuff that I've read or just people that I've met, like mm-hmm. it's it's a feeling of dirtiness. Like yes, very much so. Yeah. Like it was something done against their will, mm-hmm. but it was done to them, and and now they're taking it because that horrible person that did what mm-hmm. they did isn't there. Right. And they're the only they're, they're what's left. Yeah. No, that's true. But it's uh, in many cases that that horrible person gets to stay in that position. Or that horrible person, you know, just gets moved to a different church. I know of one. I'm trying to give the details without giving the details, but I am familiar with someone that I've met that I know. Um, I've met on more than one occasion, and that person has been. Excuse me. It wasn't publicized what that person did, but it's obvious mm-hmm. when you are in a, a, a lofty position of leadership in a church. And suddenly you're not anymore and you get moved mm-hmm. to a different church. And you're mm-hmm. still in leadership, but you're having to take side jobs because it's not paying you enough. It's a tiny church. You did something. Oh, You wow. did something. So, And I'm not saying that's across the board. I'm saying I know who this person is and, and I'm aware that that's definitely what happened. So, wow. Anyways, yeah. So the podcast is going well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess my message, if I could, to everyone that's consumed this and is going through something or has... Mm-hmm. Is that, um, I mean, there's always the it gets better message, and that's true. Is there like a, I don't know, like a non-profit or something, like where people can go? Yeah, me. <laughs> well, you, yes, but I, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, is there like a nationwide? Yeah, I something? should look more into that. I know there was a group called Out of the Shadows okay. um, that was helping a lot of people. I don't know uh, what activity level they're at now. For a long time, they were very active. I don't know how, they, how active they are now. Really... If you're looking for help, um, I just I I don't have a gazillion followers. So if no, you're looking, I know. no 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 no. What I'm saying is, if you're looking for help, 
I can help you or I can send you in the right direction. Right. So if you're coming out of our specific cult or just a cult, in, I can tell you this. Yeah, I just feel like... There are survivors groups on Facebook. That's right. really your, one of your biggest things. You want to search... perfect. Yeah, it's a great start. You right. want to search the, the name of the cult you were in and search survivor. Just search the internet, not just Facebook. Search uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. You'll find something. Be careful. There's people that prey on people. But if you are looking... If you're really looking for help, like I'm really talking to the audience, but if you're looking for help, reach out to me. I will point you in the right direction. I'm not going to say the names of the groups on here because there are people that will consume this content that are malicious, that are going to want to cause more hurt, as awful as that sounds, to the people that have already been hurt. And so I won't name the groups here, but if you uh, are going through something or have, or you know someone that is or has, like, I need to hear from you, like, no, now. That, that would be good. I just yeah. want whoever's listening or watching mm-hmm. to know that, you know, like, there's people out there that can help you. There and is. as much there as are. this feels like such an ugly time. That, it is. That there's hope and, mm-hmm. and you can get out. There is hope. You because can get you out. Live your yeah, thank you. And it's it's hard. Like, I talk, me and John talked about it. Like, it's not a, it's not an overnight thing. It's a very difficult thing, and it's a thing that's going to hurt a lot, mm-hmm. because in many cases you're going to lose your family, um, and you're going to get excommunicated, and it's just it's 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 not funny, but it's odd that so many people feel like the the cult that I came out of, Independent Fundamental Baptist or IFB, I'm like is it really? I have had several people say, yeah, but is it really a cult? If you think it's a cult, and you can do your research, and you feel like if you, if, okay, we're going to look at the definition of a cult in a little bit, but right now I just want to say, if you feel like you're a part of a religious organization, excuse me, and if your level of involvement or lack thereof causes you to be shunned, that's a, that does not mean that it's a cult, but that's a very good, one of a few very good key indicators that you are a part of a cult. Or a red flag. Yeah, it's a huge red flag right? at the least, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, um, that you've got to, again, it's, it's hard to take stock of these things when you're so involved, excuse me, and you're, you're, a, you know, you're a facet of the church or you're, you're lead to singing or you're a deacon, whatever it is, it's very hard for you to look objectively at the group that you're a part of. But if at some point someone forces you to do that, you've got, you've got to do it. You can't keep throwing it away and telling people like I was told many many times not to google the leader of the cult's name oh don't my don't don't look at the internet because it's a bunch of lies oh. and it's a bunch of you know blah and I'm not saying there's not lies on the internet we know there are but when the whole first page of google talks about Jack Scott or Jack Hiles and it names off their crimes it's like okay clearly if you got the whole page it's not just right. a smear campaign there's something very wrong here right so um how yeah. long has your family been out? Uh, it definitely varies for us. I'd say, how old am I, 32? I'd say I've been out, I haven't been out that long really. Um, maybe four or five years. And my siblings, have, um, Andrew, Andrew was a little bit after me and my sisters were before me and then my parents were also after me. But I, I'd say we've been out, all of us all together been out about three years. Okay. So, um, still, you know. I love that you guys are all out. I know it's, and again, like I said, I don't, I don't like the term luck, but if I've ever had no, it, it's I with mean, this. Really, like, I, I have siblings, and if, if I got out before them, I would literally. 
create a way that I'd go kidnap them back. Yeah. I'd be like, I yeah. don't care what's going yeah. on. I'm going to go get my sister. Exactly. And you but can kiss you, my butt. But you have to, the way that everyone's conditioned, your sister wouldn't want to come with you. Right. Blood is thicker than water, but in it this instance. It reminds me of the X-Files episode, which oh, is like man. so old. That's like, awesome. I don't even know, but <laughs> there was something where, oh God, I can't remember the actress, but she was um, in Roswell. She was okay. in a Gavin DeGraw okay. music video. Yeah. So she was the wife, and it was her and her husband. And basically what they did, and again, this is fictional. It's all from yeah, the X-Files. Yeah. But they, they, basically they do this calculation, and based on the calculation meant that the couple was a good fit Compatible, for the yeah. community, right? Like, you uh -huh. know, like these, like, track homes. There's, yeah. like, association dues, and she was so excited and he just wanted to do whatever would make her happy right. and then while living there. <laughs> there it turned out to be really bad and creepy yeah. and um they had decided they were going to escape and so they were going to oh i want to see this episode escape. so bad oh my God, i'm gonna look it up now um they, yeah. like we're gonna escape we're gonna escape and whatever happened they tried and they couldn't get the wife out in time they got him mm -hmm. out couldn't get the wife out so he went back because he wasn't going to leave for right. then years later they had a son and he had decided, the husband had decided, like, I'm going to get out. Right. And they cut off his legs. Like, it was psycho. Yeah, and he wasn't dramatic. the only husband that that happened to. Yeah. And I was like, but by that time, the wife was convinced that this was the happiest place on earth. Yep. And I was like, yeah. but it was like a crazy X-Files. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, like it just stuck in my head. And that's, that's what it reminds me of. It's, well, it's a good. I mean, that's um, different. It's yeah, fictional. Yeah, it's I fictional, know. but that's Sorry. a good. No, it's a and good. it's off topic. No, it's not off topic because it's a good, um, it's actually a good almost allegory to say like the whole cutting off the legs thing. Like, yeah, you're stuck. Like, you're not going anywhere. Did you have no yeah. legs? Yeah. Like, but really in reality. And he wasn't the only one. Like, he was like the second guy in the whole community. Yeah. But when they first met the first guy, he wouldn't explain. He told him, Just, he's like, don't, don't ask about it. Yeah. Like, he's don't ask questions. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, well, that's, that's weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's, but that's what it was. Uh -huh. It was crazy. And that's how... There's so much again. There's so much fear and so much manipulation that you can get out, but it's it's very difficult to get out. It's not. And the thing that these cults, a lot of them, play on is you can leave. Like they could leave anytime they wanted. Of course they could leave. Like, but again, you think about what's at stake when you just up and leave. It's a lot. It's your whole life. It's a that that's right. at stake when you just up and leave. And so there's 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 what's at stake, and there's also the fact that they get to play up and say, you know, no, we're. This is fine. This isn't the cult. This is, you know, we just love Jesus, and but and we on love the, you. And on the we surface, want you to stay. yes, and on the surface, and you're that, hurting us by leaving. Yes. Oh, yeah. All the guilt. Wow. But it's. Um, I'm not even there, and yeah, I know what you're saying. Figure it out. Yeah. But on the surface, they do look very, um, very, you know, innocent and just love. They just love God, and they want to serve the Lord, and they're always so happy and smiling and everyone wants to know what makes them so happy and what makes them so happy is they're faking this shit like that's what mm -hmm. makes them happy Take and you got to fake it because everyone else is faking it it's kind of like oh wow am i really going to i'm going to do this i'm going to draw a parallel between MMA and cults awesome so <laughs> when you're Get fighting to the heart of your, right like where your heart is. Right. that's where it is so when you're fighting you want to make weight so making weight means in many instances you have to drop weight uh, because on fight day you want to you actually you're actually going to be 10 pounds heavier than you were the day before in some cases. Okay. So you want to drop weight. The reason you have to drop weight is because the other guy who's just as big a monster or or I'm not calling women monsters but the the woman is there you're both dropping a lot of weight even though it's not your ideal weight. 
If you look at Conor McGregor, Paige Van Zandt, Ronda Rousey at weigh-ins, they're not the same person that they are a day later or that they've been all the way through training camp because they're acclimating to what the other person is doing. Like, the other person's going to drop weight, I have to drop weight too. In order to make weight, in order to go fight. And you're emaciated, people have actually died dropping weight because you're just losing, in a matter of days, you're losing five pounds or so. I've talked to a boxer who said, yeah, on the way to the ring, or on the way to, not the ring, but on the way to weigh-ins, I'll have a bunch of, uh, I'll either have gum or I'll have, like, Sour Patch Kids, and that causes you to salivate. So you have those, you don't eat them. You just chew on them and you spit into a cup, and so you can lose more weight on your way if you're close. It's fucking crazy. That's nuts. It's gnarly. So I was going to draw a a comparison between that and uh, (laughs) Colts, but now I got into that too much and I lost it. But um, you, you have a desire to... It, it's your desire is so strong to be like someone else and to please everyone and make mm-hmm. everyone happy that and you'll do in. and to fit in that you'll do anything mm-hmm. in order to keep that status and because of that you, you can't you can't stop like you have and that's what was the MMA like you can't you can't not drop weight like it's something you have to do and just mm-hmm. like with a cult you can't not fake that you're happy we're all faking that's what it was Everyone's faking that they're happy. you got to do it too. You can't show up and be upset. You can't show up to church and have a bad day. You've got to be on top of your game. you got to be happy. you got to be dressed right. you got to play the part, just like an MMA. If you're not dropping weight like the other guy is, you're going to get your ass kicked because the other guy is going to be ten times bigger than you on fight day. That's just how it works. Wow. Again, with, with a cult, with the IFB, you got to be like everyone else. you got to play nice, and you got to dress up and play the part. Otherwise, you're out. They don't want you. Wow. And it's not so much getting kicked out as it is you're going to be shunned, and you're not going to be part of the crowd, and that's the whole reason you joined the thing. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that was a longer rant than I anticipated. But I think a common, miscon- not misconception, but I think a common thing that a lot of people, um, when they look at, um, and I want to hear, you know, someone from the outside looking in this kind of perspective. Um, what would you say, not necessarily your opinion, but what would you say is kind of a, a common, like, what do people think of, well, someone's, you know, someone's in a cult, so they must be like, they're, they're weird, they're, weird, they're, they're like strange. the kids that were homeschooled. <laughs> that's that, good. Right, right. <laughs> I was homeschooled. I love it. Yes. Right, but, but I mean, that's just like, cause we don't, until I met you, I mm-hmm. hadn't known anyone in right. a cult. So it felt. I bet you. It's what's weird is I bet you have and you don't know. May, it. You're probably right. Yeah. Or like another thing is, it's kind of like um, what do you call it? Um, like I I was invited to go to a church mm-hmm. and I went and and I liked my neighbors yeah. and it was really sweet of them and I really wanted to learn the Bible. For sure. But after a while, I felt like I was spending three four hours at Bible study. Damn. Twice a week, Woo. and they were manipulating the words in the Bible to yes. be talking about how I was dressed. Talk what? about. Do you remember the denomination? Just no, Christian or... no, but they okay. were. Oh no, I, I, that's what I mean. Like one day, I just mm-hmm. finally was like, well, I think the last thing they tried to do was like, okay, so here's a piece of paper. Write down every sin you've ever done, even if you were little and you stole a piece of gum for your mom's purse. Write it down, and we're gonna wrap it up, and we're gonna do. And I was like. You people are fucking crazy. <laughs> and I left. And I was I'm like, not doing that shit. Not, and I did it just like that. Like, yeah, I was good. like, um, thanks. I'll no, see no, you thanks. later. Yeah. And then I text them, look, I'm going to step away from the church. Yeah. 
But it scared me because that is scary. Because I was doing it and I was doing it and I was literally like, and I remember I was dating this guy at the time, mm-hmm. and I was literally, hey, I'll see you like at eleven when my Bible study is over because I've been here since Jesus Christ! Right? Like it was crazy, and I was like, I wanted to learn, but they were not the right people because they whatever they weren't. were trying to teach me was not. Well, you think about well, you're writing down that piece of paper. That's manipulation. Well, now you I feel guilty. Like, and that's what I started thinking. I was like. Like, I mean, even, like, one of the girls, like, she was, like, when I was, like, what? And then she told me, she's, like, it's okay. She's, like, I've had five abortions. What and the fuck? No, first of all, bitch, please. Really? No. No, no. No, no way. But what she was trying to do was tell me something. I'm so terrible and you're okay, too. That you're okay yeah. because I've done this cri- Really? Really, dude? Like, first of all, we all make mistakes. Yeah, I get that. Cool. It's your choice. But you want to tell me it's been five? Like, I was just, I, I remember That's when she said craziness. it. I was like, I lied to you up until this yeah, very right. moment. <laughs> this very yep. moment. Well, and there's... Because it wasn't like, I want to share something with you that I've never shared forcible. with anyone. It was, it's okay. I'm Write it down. <laughs> Write about what you did to your mother when you were three. Oh, Write it, and I was God. just like, and I just looked at her. And there are like, also plants inside cults that will... Um, They'll try to manipulate you. They'll, they'll say whatever they have to say to get you to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine had told me that she was on a, in, a, in a traveling group like I was singing and promoting the college. And there, um, she had, so it's important that you give a good testimony. Basically, like I was in church my whole life, so Jesus loves me and I've been this perfect kid. Or what they like even more is if you weren't raised in church and now you're in church and you came from a terrible background of, Drugs and alcohol and all kinds of wicked psycho sin. Parents. Yeah, psycho parents. Uh-huh. Cool. So, she did come from a tough background, and her father, I don't know if he was an alcoholic, but he drank a lot. And again, she, I'm not going to say her name or, or try to tell, tell any too much information about her, but I don't want to say he was an alcoholic. I don't believe he was. He just drank a lot. Like, I drank a lot. And she would tell the story, like, while they were on tour, as we call it, and she would tell it to a whole church congregation, just that, you know... Um, you know, the Lord saved me and I can, you know, I kind of had a rough background and, you know, my father drank a lot. And so the leader of their group came to her and they they had their own little group that would go out to churches and and the leader, actually the leader's spouse came to her and said, Hey, you know, uh, what was it like? Like, what did your dad do to you? Like, what do you mean? What did he do to me? Well, he drank. Didn't he beat you? No, he he just drank a lot. Like, yeah, he was an angry drunk and he yelled, but he didn't beat me. Are you sure he didn't beat you? No, he didn't fucking beat me. My dad drank, but he didn't beat me. And then they pushed it further and said, well, did he ever, like, touch you? Or oh, my God. Do anything sexual? And then she was like, what the fuck are you saying right now? Like, she didn't say fuck. But like, what? No. So that's a whole narrative that they like to press. Wow. The whole five abortions thing. I'm not saying she didn't have right. five, but I'd be surprised. I, I you would, know? too. So, and again, I'm and not trying to diminish too, abortion. Like, I'm just saying, like, no, that's but, a that's part of their narrative. Just- like, it was just like, first of all, my mind was blown because yes. they wanted me to do this. And then second of all, she was like... Even further with like, that. Like, it's okay. And she grabbed my yeah, arm. Yeah, of course she did. And yeah. I was just like, what? what? I'm like, girl, you know, I'm, I'm like crazy. 25. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what that is. Right, exactly. We're not like, even there yet, dude. Like, I have two kids. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm like the kid that was in my health class me. telling all the other kids off, like, how dare you go, like, like, I was all anti-abortion yes, when I was course. 20. Yeah, And I was, or no, I was 18, I think. 18, yeah. I was like, anti and then I got older, and I'm like, right. all right, now I'm pro-choice. Right. That doesn't mean I've had an abortion, that right. just meant. doesn't mean you've like, had five either. Right, I, I was just like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, in my head, I'm like, really? Like, so I, like, and then not just 
that. Like, and, and it wasn't that I was judging her. Mm. It was just that I didn't believe her. Yeah. And I just felt like... And you, don't, you know what? You don't have... The problem is, she said that five abortions thing, truth or not, she, everyone that she's told that to absolutely believes her because in that moment, moment she's meant to be believable. And so she expected you to believe it as well, even right. as outrageous as it is. And that's what happens in those cults. They'll, right. Once and they get you went. hooked, you'll believe all kinds of shit that if you were on the outside from two years ago or right. whatever, you would have been like, okay, number one, that's bullshit. Number two, even if it's not, that's crazy, I'm out. Right. Like, what do I want to be around you for? Right. Well, no, that's what I mean is that I was, I was already feeling weird about it. Yeah. I was already like, this is really weird. Like, you guys make me stay here for so, four hours. <laughs> I haven't eaten. And I, I need... just got off of work. I drove two hours to get home. And now I need to confess all my sins to you? Yeah, and I was Fuck just that. like, this is the weirdest thing. So to answer your question about people being weird in cults, I think it's a perspective thing. Yeah. So when you're from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. we're all super weird. And I say we, I include myself. Mm-hmm. I was very weird. When I was a child, my neighbor, Cody Satterfield, had uh, like G.I. Joes and superheroes. And as you can see, this poster, and I've got stuff all over my, my place here. Oh, that's actually interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like this whole time I'm thinking that you guys all live in the same neighborhood. That's not no, true. No, we did not. We did not. Okay. No. So we had regular, worldly, secular, wicked neighbors. Mm-hmm. Wicked neighbors. And terrible. But this is how that, weird that this That could be a band name. Right. Oh, yeah, it probably is. Noisy Neighbors is a good one. That's a friend of mine has a band. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, it's a good one. Um, but we we had a neighbor that was worldly. That's what we call him. And I ever since I was a kid, I always thought Superman was cool. But because of the cult we were in, that was something like Superman just wasn't okay. I don't know if it was the underwear on the outside. No, I don't it's know. that you're idolizing him. Idolizing, and he has he, the kind of power that he has is only the kind of power that a god should have. And yep. only Jesus has that kind of power kind right. of thing. That's probably it. So I was actually playing... I'm so excited. There's so much Superman around here. Yeah, exactly. That's why I have so much, because I'm allowed, I don't give a fuck now. So, but I remember we were playing with, you know, uh, action figures, and he had a Superman action figure. And I, like, made a whole big deal about how that Superman action figure was bad or wicked or whatever. And he was like... Again, we were, like, maybe 10, and he was like... <laughs> What are you talking? What are you saying right now? And I was like, no. Like, Don't I have my whole spiel. Oh, yeah. weird kid. Yeah. Well, I have my whole spiel because I had asked my parents, and this isn't against them, but I had asked them if it was okay, and they said no to play with Superman. It wasn't okay to play with the oh. Superman action like, figure. Boys don't play with dolls. Yeah, right? I actually did play with Barbies as a child, so there's that, guys. I did too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're a girl. <laughs> a little different. Um,. That was sexist, but um, the the point I it's think like with Hot Wheels and like uh, there you go. Well, the point that I think I'm trying to make is yes, if you're in a cult, you're not going to see yourself as weird, but you are you're unless without. you're on the outside. Okay. Like in that, and, and, wow, and, again, so like and I'm not saying time, that, I was thinking you all lived in the same community. No, it wasn't a commune at all. And they they do that. There's those like I know mm-hmm. Scientology has one in Hemet, which is not okay. far from here. Oh, yeah, okay. they have the I think it's called the Gold Base. But it's where the the leader, Ron Miskovich, kept his father. Like, his father was basically in prison there. If you've watched Joe, I'll send you the episode of Joe Rogan's podcast where he has him on. And it is mind-blowing, yeah. So, and it's hard to believe because the guy isn't great at interviews and he's a little wonky, but he's older. It's whatever. But, yeah, a lot lot of uh, places will have you in communes. And I I did when I would go to camp for the summer. We'd all be in the same place. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a normal camp construct. But, um, yeah, we didn't all live. Excuse me. We didn't all live in the same place. Um, one thing I do want to do, though, I don't know how much longer we can go, <laughs> mm-hmm. but one thing I do want to do is I want us, I'd like you to read 
to me uh, the definition of a cult. I'm going to pull it up okay. on my computer. I want you to read that because you're more articulate than I. So I'm going to have you read that and see if this is on. Cool. Oh, that's bright. Okay. Maybe there's three of them there, but I'd like you to read them and then let's talk about that for a little bit. Here, here, here. Do you want me to read them all or? Uh, read the, yeah, read them all. Okay, we'll so the definition of a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion okay. directed towards a particular figure or object. The second definition is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister <laughs> strange or weird <laughs> and, and then the third one is a misplaced or excessive admiration admiration for a particular person or thing i think the last one would be the movie definition like a cult okay. following or no. yeah oh yeah 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 so that's but, interesting but like that's something you want when you write a fiction yes book. you want that yeah absolutely you want yes that one. you want that one like but the rest of them why i one day in the future you're going to have some, right? right? We'll have your, your cult book on. Cult Especially book. once it's, yeah, once it gets going, we'll have you back on the podcast. You can talk about it. I'm dead serious. So, um, but yeah, like, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. That is the, you know, the, the definition of a cult. There's also, TEDx put out an animated video that talks about the definition of a cult. Oh, I'll send you that as well. Cool. It's very, it's very good because when I watched it, I was like, yep, 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 yep. yep. Like, they checked all the boxes. Wow. It was perfect. Um, and so... I don't know, I just wanted to kind of put that out there as far as the definition of a cult. And it gets twisted, because there's a lot of religions, but I don't... This is my personal perspective. A lot of people say, well, if it's a religion, it's a cult. I don't necessarily feel that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, there, uh, I know I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it, and there are definitions like a cult is... Worships someone's that a, a cult worships someone that is alive, and a religion worships someone that is no longer alive or is eternally God. alive, something like that. It's so more of a God figure. And while um, many cults will say, no, like we worship God, when you delve deeper and you look closely, the amount of power that their leaders have over them, they're actually worshiping their leaders. We worshiped our leaders. We didn't worship God. Okay. We did what our leaders said. We didn't do okay. what God said. You were talking about how they would read the Bible and they would make it interpreted how they wanted yeah. to manipulate it. That's what those leaders do. You're not obeying God. You're obeying yeah. what those leaders want like, you to believe in. The things. words would be saying one thing and then she's like, and then she was like similar to the way you're dressed today and i was like seriously i was like straight up like i just came from work like this is acceptable in an office yeah i run a law firm yeah like and it was the craziest thing and i was young so i just i was like i remember like i was like what it's like yeah how is that real life like and the words did not say anything remotely you're probably in deuteronomy but so i just i was just like uh, can okay. I go home yeah. now? <laughs> I'm over this, guys. Yeah, that's I fucking crazy. I was afraid. I was, and then like the, and again, I'm sure that some actual legitimate churches have church at a hotel, but this one had it at a hotel. That's not legit. I was, so there's, I think there's, Like, I was like, what is this? this well, is okay, but church. was that church or was that a Bible study? It was a church. That was a Sunday church. It was like they rented space. Yeah, they rent, they, they do sometimes rent space. Yeah, that's like sometimes that's they thing. did it at the park. Yeah. Like, it's pretty fun. But I, I say that's a thing, but it's, I've only ever known cults. Right. So, like, it, everyone that I've been so to lives I mean, in a park. It, it or, may legitimately be a thing. I just definitely did not feel comfortable with let this me, Let me say this. Like, I get grassroots and starting out and, and uh, um, you know, hustling and all that shit. But if you're having to use that kind of space, a gymnasium, maybe you shouldn't be doing this shit. Mm -hmm. Did you think about that? 
not yeah. you, them. Like, right. you know, maybe maybe no, this isn't yeah. for you. It was, if you, it if was you, all yeah. interesting. I'm sure it was very interesting. It sounds interesting, but... I guess like what I really, especially because I was bringing my kids, I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah. cool, we're doing this, we're doing this." That's a big part. Is but that was involved. a deal breaker. That very for last sure. one, I was like, "All right, I am done. I'm out. Good. You're done. Good for you." And I had taken a friend once, yeah. and it, he mentioned something. I was like, "Shut up." <laughs> It's totally like not I a cult. Hit him up too. I would you be should, like, totally should. Like, do you totally should. You were church? fucking right, man. <laughs> like, did they ever tell you that you're right? Because I know it's been you like forever. Totes were right. So, um, yeah, but that's the one thing I would definitely want to point to is, while by definition or and by their actions they want to tell you, no, 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 we worship God or a God or these gods. They're really if they're if you get in there and you can tell this is more about man worship than God worship, you're in a cult. I'm just. That's my opinion. That's my perspective. But I am, and that's based on your experience I'm, of a lifetime. I'm dead right on that. If you're, if you well, end up sense. realizing that this is more about a man behind a pulpit or a man that sings or whatever it is, even a woman, then that you're in a cult. If they aren't consistently pointing you towards a holy book to read and interpret for yourself, and if they're not consistently pointing you towards you building a relationship with real, fake, whatever it is, a god then you're not, like you're just not. And and a lot of times they will do that. They'll point you to a holy book and they'll point you to a God with their words, but with their actions and with everything else that they do, you're made pretty well to worship them. Look, you're in a cult. Like that's that's the end that's the end of the story. Like that's that's where you ended up. I think too, like and, and again you're the expert, so but if you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> like you it's okay to question stuff. Mm. You know, like and there's even in the in the and and step back and like take a look because, I mean, you only get one life and you don't want, you don't want to, to spend, spend it miserable, it and uncomfortable and mm-hmm. safe. Well, the other thing too, there's actually I want to say it's in one of the books of Thessalonians. I could be wrong, and again, there's different holy books, and I don't subscribe to any of them at this point in my life. But there's a, there's a scripture in the Holy Bible that talks about, and I'm not saying it's actually holy. I'm just trying to trying the right way to define it there's a scripture in there that talks about studying these things to see if they were so and it says that these people were more honorable than they because they studied these things to see if they were so and i've heard that before and what that basically means is they didn't just listen to what the guy was preaching they said well let's check this out for ourselves uh-huh. and i think that's and that's me using the bible to tell you how to think really but i really think that that's true like whether it's the bible or business whatever it is like there's a there's a fellow by the name, by the name of uh, he's a big conspiracy theorist. He thinks the Earth is flat. Okay. I don't got anything against him, but that's his belief. His name is Eddie Bravo, and he's a big name in jujitsu. And his big thing is when it comes to conspiracy theories and conspiracy theories and shit. He says, "Well, just look into it. Just look into it." <laughs> As a joke, but really, people, if you're if it's not making sense, if it's not adding up, well, just look into it. And we have Google. You can yeah, exactly. Google you can actually look into it. You can go so, to the library get books. Mm-hmm. And I think I've really, uh, I've kind of tapped the whole subject previously and, and, and even in this conversation already about like growing up in a cult and what that was like. But is there anything that, you know, listening to my mother's, me and my mother's podcast or anything that, you know, you would want to be curious about or know about like, well, what, how it'd be different from normal life or, uh, anything that sparked your Well, everything, right? Like, for instance, like, I, I know someone who is in a certain religion where, Mm -hmm. She can't get married unless the man she's marrying is also in the religion. Well, yeah. There's a Bible verse that says, do not be unequally yoked. 
So is that is that kind of like what oh, happens yeah. like when you're there? So yeah, if you want to get divorced, is that allowed? Divorce is not an option. Okay. Um, I've said that I think twice now on the podcast. <laughs> but divorce is no, not an option. It's a good question. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just so many. When you're, it's kind of like the kind of person I am. Like, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. When you tell me oh, no, you I can't do it. No, you're gonna the, do it. The first thing I'm gonna do is spend all night. I won't sleep, and yep. I, tomorrow morning I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna tell you but why I can do it. But yeah. that's that's how my mind is. So then. For someone to tell me that, you know, I can't get married or I can't get divorced, mm-hmm. I'd be like, wait, what? Well, the problem with, with many cults, and that one specifically, is there. it's not even blurred or crossed lines. It is, it's your personal life. It's like separation of church and state. It really is a thing, and it should be so. However, it's not a thing as much as it should be. And when it comes to being in a cult, your life, your personal life, is is intertwined with that of the church itself, and so they have a lot of control and power over your personal life. So yeah, relationships, uh, marriage, and divorce, especially. The thing with divorce is it's not an option; it really isn't. And if you decide to get divorced, you are going to be shunned. Like you're not like divorce is a very ugly thing, um, and you're not going to be shunned like you can never come back or anything. But you're tarnished now; you're damaged goods, as they'd say. You're damaged goods because you're divorced. For instance, for me. I was an assistant pastor. If I try to go back now, I might be able to teach a Sunday school class every once in a while. I can't be an assistant pastor in most churches. I can't lead the singing. Like there's a lot, or lead the worship services. A lot of things that I'm not. Yeah, because I got a divorce because I was not. The marriage didn't work out. So that yeah, no divorce isn't an option. And if you're going to marry someone, they have to be. um, They don't always have to be in the same church you're in, but they have to be what we would call a born-again Christian, meaning they're very much committed to this cult. They're not like a fringe person. They're someone that's in church as much as you are. you know. And if you marry someone from the outside, it's kind of like, well, yeah, she married that guy, and or he married that girl, and now they never come to church anymore. Like, yeah, good for them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's divorce and marriage um, are very much things that that church, that cult specifically is in control of. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so growing up with that knowledge, again, it's again fear manipulation. So when you grow up with that knowledge, you just understand this is how it's going to be. So when, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but when did your mom start questioning it? That's a good question. Better question for her than me. Um, uh, well, you said your sisters got out first? They got out first. What made um, them start questioning it? Well, here's the thing. So um, actually, that's a, that's a good line of questioning. So the women in that cult are treated much worse than the men. And so I think that, I can't speak for my sisters, but I think that if anything, you know, they're their own people, they're super smart, they're both very talented in different, uh, in, in, in different, in, in some ways, similar areas. Um, but I would say, if, if, from my perspective, if I were to speak to it, I would say probably it's because they were treated so poorly that they realized earlier than the rest of us like whoa like this is really fucked up like like because they're dressed like for for the guys the biggest dress standard was you can't wear tank tops and you can't wear shorts which again is crazy and ridiculous but for the girls your dress had to be basically down to your ankles and you were always wearing a dress or a skirt Mm -hmm. even in the snow if you kicked out like this yeah you would it'd be real quick (laughs) Um, like, uh, there was a home. rule Just on go home, don't come back. even if you had one of these super long skirts, then you also a lot of times you had a slit, and there was a rule on the slit; it could only be so high. There were a lot of times where um, there were girls that I was dating, and they would have like they would have like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, staples. Like staples or like uh, what is the 
pins and to pin oh, their skirt pin. safety pin. Thank you to pin their skirt so they're so that they're so that it wasn't so so the slit wasn't so high. Like so it was more. I mean, I'm just talking about dress yeah, standards, but, but, but like women are very much suppressed. Uh, the IFB is a very male chauvinistic religion. Anyone that tells you otherwise is full of absolute shit. Uh-huh. It's very, very suppressive towards women. Okay. And so if I'm speaking for my sisters, which I'm not really trying to speak for them, but if I could speak to my perspective uh-huh. from where they're coming from, the reason they would have got out sooner is because they were treated so, so badly. Uh-huh. Um, and how do you handle that, watching that? I didn't realize it. I had no idea. You didn't. Like you don't. You again. You're you you're, con, you're conditioned. Not to question it. You're conditioned you're not like, to question well, it. Well, you're the one that was born a girl. Yeah, exactly. It's your like, fault. It's your yeah. fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's your fault that. Yeah, exactly. Aww. So, yeah, and it's terrible. And I never looked at them as lesser or anything like that. To uh, from uh, what you knew. Yeah, from what I knew. But now getting out, I'm like, fuck. Like you guys were treated so bad. And I tell them that. And, and now that you women, have a daughter, you're like, yeah, no, that would never that happen. No way. So. Yeah, it's, it, I, if looking at our exit times and there's being sooner, it would have to, definitely have to do with the fact that they were just treated so bad, so bad. Right. Um, and to well, find, I'm just, glad. I'm yeah, glad, I'm like, because maybe if they didn't decide to leave, you guys wouldn't have left. It's right? possible. Like, no, it's very possible. They planted a seed that it was okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's, yeah, there's a, <laughs> I could talk for a long time because that's a good 25 years of my life going through that. Wow. So, um, but yeah, growing up in a cult is strange. It's weird. Um, and the, and the weirdest part is you don't know it's strange and weird until either you grow up and figure it out or you never figure it out. Mm-hmm. I have. Did you have friends outside of the cult? Very you, few. Okay. Very few. The school we went to was in the cult. I was homeschooled till sixth grade. And then after that, it was always private Christian school. So mm-hmm. maybe a couple neighbors, but again, parents made sure, and I love my parents, but they made sure to regulate the time I spent with my neighbors. Wow. Just so that it's not too much and I'm not getting too much. I mean, it's probably like one of those things like where outsiders would question, which would make you question, mm-hmm. which would make. And it, and I don't blame my parents. It. Right. Yeah, I'm I don't, saying I, that no. like, they would have to protect you from the cold. That's exactly Like if was, that makes yeah. sense. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, just from what I'm gathering. Yeah. So that that's absolutely like true. Like they'd have to protect you from them. So yep. if they didn't let you get curious. There wouldn't be any issue. Then, yeah, then then we're all free and clear. So I guess like that's the best way to look at it. That is really the best way to look at it. Protecting you. They're protecting themselves, really. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. And yeah, outside friends, just not not really any. Like it was all very much same school, same church, everything. Mm-hmm. They keep it all all in house. And again, that 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 helps these cults when it comes. If my kid was your friend at that time. She would have lived. I'm like, you're nuts. You're yeah, not going yeah. back. Exactly. You're yeah, exactly. And she's like 14, going to rule the world. Right. Like, she is just so opinionated. It's interesting. That's awesome. Good for her. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, outside influences very much discouraged. And that helps them when it comes to their criminality, when it comes to, and it's not always sexual, but there's a lot of, you know, physical abuse. There's a lot of embezzlement that goes on. Um, and when all those things happen, they're never prosecuted outside the church. Well, we want to handle it inside the church. Wow. It's always done that way. Always. Wow. Because there's so much fear and manipulation, you're afraid to go to the authorities. It's not the same, but it's very similar to the whole hostage situation where they've got, they're holding someone hostage. And like, if you answer the door, don't say that we're here. It's very much like that. That kind of, that wow. kind of fear and manipulation. Yeah, no one's putting a gun to your head. But you know that you're going to lose everything and your life's going to start over. Or we're going to make your life miserable. We are going to make and your life's time. miserable as it is. So you think, what? It can get worse? <laughs> it can. It can. They're like, 
we'll put you in the no. dungeon. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no I, I, they, have, I mean, they have plenty of basements. <laughs> so the other thing that I definitely want to talk about was, um, and I do, I am going to link up, this is one thing for sure I'll link up is the video, and I'll put it in the comments somewhere, that TEDx video that explains what a cult is, yeah, and they do cool. such a great job, and I will send it to you as well. Um, but I wanted to talk about, um, I know we had found a list earlier of why people join mm -hmm. a cult. And I wanted to go over that. I don't know if I'll be able to speak a lot to each of them, mm -hmm. but um, I want to I want to talk about that because I thought that was a very it was a very concise, well put together list. I think it was a list of ten reasons. Yeah. And Do you want me to go backwards or? Yeah, let's go from ten. Okay. Sorry. No, no um, So. So I'll just I'll just say the title or like the yeah. reason, and mm -hmm. then we'll talk. We'll about talk it. about it for sure. Okay. So number ten was seductive recruitment process. Like, that's one of the reasons. What's funny is it's not as... It is seductive, but initially it's not. They knock on your door. You've had them knock on your door before. You've had Mormon Jehovah's Witnesses. You've had Baptists knock on your door. Mm -hmm. So that's not seductive at all. What's no, seductive... What, go ahead. The, the seductivity, if that's a word, comes in when they get to... They get beyond your door. And they're, they're always not... Nice. Like, invite themselves into your house? Not so much invite themselves into your house, but... You, they get you to come to a service or they Got get it. you to do some kind of participation. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, that's when they begin to have that seducive behavior. And what it is is it's painting a picture of, oh, we're just so happy and everything's so great and it's terrific. And and before you know it, you're kind on the like end. like Wonderlust, the movie? Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh-huh, yeah, it would be very similar. And then once you get on the inside and you're like, oh, this shit is fucked. You don't realize it's fucked <laughs> like, because because you've been they they've got you so good that you you want to make God like, happy. This is what I wanted. This is what I so wanted. I guess I have to stay. I have to stay. And and they have their hooks in you because we all have that guilt complex where it's built in, mm -hmm. and so you're guilty because you're not making God happy if you leave. Mm. And in in the case of our cult, when you leave, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you are going to die and go to hell. Like, you're, they're dangling you over hell. So, oh. anyways, there's that. That's sad. I'm yes. sorry. Um, number nine is post-breakup blues. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, and it's not just post-breakup. It's, uh, and we may, there may be other reasons that are similar, but, like, post-breakup is a, is a specific, very specific one, but there are other things where you, you lost a job, you're going through a tough time, like, you're in a transition period in your life, and it's just difficult. Um, but, yeah, post-breakup, like, I mean... Look, I've been through a couple, right? And so when you're in that place, we know that you're just looking, you, if it's been a long relationship, you belonged to something or someone in a sense for a long time. Now that belonging space is empty mm -hmm. and you can fill it with a whole group of people that are just thrilled to have you with them. Oh, we're so happy you're here oh, like, and we're oh, so empathetic. And, oh, you know what, that guy, but come to church on Sunday. You'll, right you'll have so much fun listening to pastor whoever. Like, yeah, it's post-breakup is a great, great time to catch someone and, and yank them in, for sure. Okay, number eight is striving for perfection. Again, that goes back to wanting to please God. And not every cult is like this, but I think Scientology highlights it really well because they have the Dianetics, and you're trying to just be a better human and be a perfect person. I don't know what Mormons have for that, what the LDS has for that, but especially where I come from with the IFB, there's definitely a level of, you know, you can get to the level where you, you're just such a great Christian, you read your Bible so much, 
you are in church all the time, okay. and you'll get that. It's kind of like tears you build up. There is you. tears. They wouldn't tell you, you know, they make that very hidden, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely a thing. Where you sit in the auditorium, how you're recognized for your oh. giving to the church, how you're recognized for your dedication. They'll call you out during church and like, oh, Brother Stewart did such a great job, and man, we're so proud of him, and not a lot of other people, not me, but like, for instance, and then there's other people that they're not going to get that recognition because they don't come to church enough. Wow. That's what it is. Um, number seven is finding purpose in life. Yeah, again, that's, you know, we all want that. Have you ever watched Always Sunny? The show in, Always in Sunny? Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. I love that show. So funny. Yeah. So but there's wait, wait. Dennis, how that relates is Dennis has a thing, he calls it his God hole. So it's this emptiness that he wants to fill. And then Frank is like, oh, but don't you want to, I think probably Mac asked him if he wanted but to fill it with I, Jesus. I don't know that I've re- watched enough of them. It's not but, on Netflix anymore. No, I know. Fuck them for that, for real. But he calls it his but God hole. There's so many shows. I know. It's so sad. It's, it's wrong. I did not know this. Okay, so he has so a God So he calls it God hole. And uh, I think Dennis Mac is... Dennis is the brother, right? Yes, okay. Dennis and Dee. Yeah, they're brother and sister. And I think Mac, or maybe Frank, is like, you know, don't you want to fill it with God? He's like, no, like, hookers and booze. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. So uh, I think that's similar to what he said. But we all have... I don't call it... The point that I'm at in my life, I don't call it God. But we definitely all have, like, this innate desire to be a part of something bigger. And be a part of, you know, that excellence at this, at this point. Is to be accepted Yeah. So you can get there if you're great enough. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just about pleasing a congregation or people. It's about pleasing God too. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going by the rules of the Bible, the commandments, and you're pleasing God and you're really sure about that, and you're positive that God's happy with you, really, like God is the ultimate everything. So if you think that you're in a good place with God, what, what more could you want out of this life? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what you find with that, Cole. Mm-hmm. That one specifically. Other ones I'm sure as well, but... You know, you finally reach that level where you're like, you know what, I'm good with God, and so, man, I'm untouchable. Okay. Even though you're very much not untouchable. Number six is low self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, they, and they give you, whether you come from a place of low self-esteem, and they build up your esteem, right? Mm-hmm. But it's only built up because they're trying to hook you, and it's only built up because you're doing what they told you to do. It's a false sense of self-esteem. And it's a sense of belonging, like we talked about, but it's this sense of, like, you know... You know, like, a part of me, like, when I was talking about, like, the church that I was just mm-hmm. going to yeah. and them wanting me to do that, Yeah. part of me was, like, if they make me feel bad enough about myself, then I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Like, that's how I really felt. And that's the manipulation, and a lot of times when you first get started, they won't use it a lot, but they'll just, it's that under, like, you know, like you're dressed now, that, that mm-hmm. conversation. Like, I was like, say you. what? The Bible Excuse does not me? say that. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about my attire. So, yeah, it's, um, the, it, it, they can sometimes start you off or put you in a place of low self-esteem. They tear you down to break you up, or mm-hmm. break you down to build you up. That's mm-hmm. the wrong, okay. tear you down. Tear you down to build you up. Okay. So they, that's a very, very common tactic that they use. Um, but yeah, that, that, the low self-esteem, you generally come in at that and then they build your self-esteem. Okay. And again, it's a false sense of self-esteem because it's only coming from their manipulation. Okay. Um, number five is women are more likely to join. It's a good one. I don't, I, because I'm the opposite gender, I have difficulty speaking to that. Um, that's a good one. I know we went over these before, but I don't. I honestly don't have. I, part of me is fearful to say something that would be, you know, damaging okay. towards mm-hmm. women. 
yeah, incorrect, but also just sexist because I grew up very sexist, and I'm trying to not be that. But um, wow, that's that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't. I really don't have an answer for that one. Okay, so this one, um, number four, it's going to bring us back to that okay. um, Joe Rogan podcast oh, that yes. I told you episode. Um, so number four, they want someone to take care of them. And what this one reminded me of is I just finished this podcast. If I didn't finish it today, I finished it yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's Joe Rogan's, I think it's podcast 1091 okay. with Dan- Danelli Bolelli. Mm-hmm. And just in there, just one of the tidbits that he said was um, they were they were both talking about cults and why people join and what they were mentioning was that we grow up with our parents telling us you know teaching us how to tie our shoes, how to feed ourselves, right. how to get dressed, um, to stay away from the fire because it's hot, yep. and then we turn eighteen and that stops, and then we feel lost and then we find this this. These people or this group that promise to love us and that right. they'll teach us and tell us everything to do again, yep. so we we don't have to think anymore. And so that's what it reminded me of. Like it was, I was seriously like thinking that. I don't know. Like I, I that that's what that reminded me of for sure. Like it was just happened to be just a coincidence that I listened to that. And again, that's the human condition. You know, we 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 hate regulation and. Um, we want everything to be free form, but in the end, it's often that we seek for that kind of guidance. Like, can you, how many times have you heard, or maybe even said yourself, like, if someone would just tell me exactly how to get there, exactly what to do, I'd be happy. You know, because it's easy to get lost. Oh, where's the man of my dreams? Is yeah. he at that bar, that <laughs> restaurant, the coffee shop, the library? Just yep. tell me, I yep. will just be there. I'll go there to him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's the human condition where we want directive on everything. I'm definitely, you know, when you're on a new job. You want someone to tell you exactly how to do things. And half the time, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They tell you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So and then that's a human condition where, and that makes it easy, right? If you can have someone to just give you step-by-step step how to do. And I've been there, and like I've wanted that. But the more, the longer I live, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? I, I find more power and more um, understanding, ultimate understanding of what I'm doing if I learn it myself. Right. So. Okay. And then... Um, Number three is trying to save the world. Oh, yeah. Well, the cult that I once and that's huge. Like, every you need every person that you walk past, technically, you should be giving them a track that tells them how to get to heaven. Has our church's address on it, by the way, and phone number, so they can come on Sunday. And then you need to be, like, telling them the whole gospel plan. In fact, when I was moving, I just moved to this unit. When I was moving, there was a fellow from upstairs, saw me moving, like, I'm, I'm carrying a box spring, and he's like stops me, like, "Hey, brother!" I don't think he's a brother. Like, "Hey, what church? What church do you go to?" And I was like, "I don't." And he was like, "Oh, okay, well, well." And I was like, "I used." And and he said, and I told him, I said, "I used to be a pastor, actually." He's like, "Oh, you did?" Now pause. If that's me and I'm him and I'm out, you know, trying to tell people about Jesus, when someone tells me I was a pastor and I'm not anymore, I'm done with that conversation. You are way past. Not that I'm way past his level, but like. You're, I'm he not going to, he didn't get the social, he didn't care. get it. Like I'm, you're not going to talk me into something right now. I was, my job was talking people into shit. If you think you're going to talk me into something, you got nothing coming. <laughs> but it took like 10 minutes of my day wasted to here I am with my box spring in my hand uh-huh. and he's just trying to talk me into coming back to church. Like, you know, you love Jesus and Jesus loves you and you need to come uh, back and look at that little daughter. She's so precious. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like trying, really trying to make me feel guilty that I didn't have my kid in church. And I was like, that's not cool, dude. 
So that was that was a very traumatic experience for me. And then I realized walking around like, fuck, I used to do that to people. <laughs> That's too, terrible. Like, I think, have you ever heard of something called mirroring? Oh, absolutely, So, like, yeah. mirroring, like, I remember when I first heard it, like, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to practice it. But I started to realize the things that bothered me, it wasn't because they really bothered me, but it was because something about them reminded me of myself. Oh, wow, that's a good point. And, and that, so that's what mirroring is. It's mm-hmm. kind of like if you're doing something that's annoying me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because something that, that thing, I do it too. I do it too, yeah. And so I'm thinking of it that way or like something super um, like vain or, or like yeah. vanity-wise. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I, I moved like a year ago uh-huh. and in the move I lost my bottom retainer. Oh and no. So all I keep thinking is how I have to get my kid braces, my other kid braces. Uh, yeah. So I'm never gonna get this done. Oh, and when no. I do it's gonna be after ten thousand right. dollars. And so anytime I see like a celebrity with crooked Perfect. teeth oh, crooked teeth. No crooked teeth. Yeah. I'm like, dude you make Ew. so much money. <laughs> Why do you, you look like that? But it has nothing to do with them. Yeah, it has to do with They're you. incredible actresses and actresses. Right, right. They're A-list actors. Mm-hmm. And they still did it with their teeth. Right. But it's based, it's me. It's my issue. So, so the mirroring and what I think that maybe would have happened mm-hmm. to you that weekend when that happened was that you were like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> I clearly did this to other people. This is my karma. Yep. And so it's kind of Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. But back to the, the original point, and we'll, we'll move along here, but... The point is, like, everyone that's not a part of your cult is going to die and going to go to hell or is going to have a poorer fate than you are. So it's up to you to help them change their fate. And if you don't do that, in our cult, excuse me, in our cult, we had a phrase called, their blood is on your hands, meaning... It's your fault. They're going to go to everyone that you come across, every person that you see. If you don't take the time to stop... And what we call witness to them, or what Jehovah's Witnesses would call preach to them. Sounds like a really good, like, entrepreneur. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great for recruiting. (laughs) It's great for recruiting. Um, But if you don't stop and talk to everyone, everyone that you run into, your your neighbor, your cousins, your relatives, everyone, they're all going to hell, and it's your fault. (laughs) That's the whole thing. The world's burning, and i got to save it. Oh, man. Completely unrealistic. Yes. Okay, so number two is fed up with society. Yeah, yes, um, that definitely makes sense because all of these cults offer an alternative, right? Because society, really, I think society makes sense, but it, for me, the, the better perspective is the world. You're fed up with the world, worldly things and wicked things. And, like, mm-hmm. generally that means that you had a bad experience with, you had a bad trip on marijuana or you had a girlfriend that cheated on you. Or you had whatever it is. I'm not saying that these are not valid things, but generally, you had a bad run in with something, and so now everything about the world is terrible. And so this church says, "Yeah, that's right. The world is a wicked place, and you shouldn't be involved with it." And you're like, "Hell yeah!" And so you join up. Mm-hmm. So we're fed up with society because we're fed up with normal, real life. And this gives us an alternative that says, "There is a here, there's a hereafter that you don't even have to do good to get into it." In our cult, you don't have to do good to get to heaven. In our cult, you just say, "Hey, Jesus, my bad. I fucked up a lot, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep fucking up. But if you'll forgive me, I, I'd appreciate it. That's really it. Oh. That's it. And then you're good. You go to heaven. You can murder people, whatever. I okay. I have. I'm sorry. Pause really quick. I was at uh, uh, it's called Stand Up on the Spot. It was with um, at the comedy club or at uh, the comedy store. It was Joe Rogan, 
and he someone brought up uh, religion. So it was like an improv. You yell out stuff, and he says. So he brought up religion, and Joe talked about a guy named. What is his name? I don't know. I can't remember what his name is, but he is a man in. I don't know, Africa somewhere, some other continent, and I can't remember his name, I can't remember the continent, I will look it up afterwards, but uh, Vice did a piece on him, Vice News did a piece on him, and he, um, during some uprising or some, some guerrilla warfare, he was a naked general, I think that's what he's called, the naked general. The guy would literally go into a battle, and this isn't old, this is recent. He would go into a battle with no clothes on, with his weapons and kill people. Okay, so that's that's wild. Whatever he would kill children, and he would cut out their heart, oh. and he would eat it. And now he's a Christian and he's going to heaven. And he travels around doing lectures and teaching about Jesus. What? That is real. That is real. And I know I heard it at a comedy club, but that's real. It's true. It really happened. And that's the power of Jesus. But again, that's. Oh, we're fed That's up with society. Religion. Yeah, exactly. That's not mine. No, 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 no. I'm not no, saying no, it's no, yours no, at all. No, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, for me, there's no forgiveness for that. No, you, you can't. But, but again, that's how crazy this... But that's what they're trying to do. That's an extreme example of counterculture. Like, mm. they're trying to say, well, society won't accept you. Well, Jesus will accept you. Jesus loves you. Mm. How could you love someone like that? I don't know. Anyways. Mm. Okay, and the number one reason <laughs> number that one. people join cults is they have no idea it's a cult. Absolutely. I was born into it. How was I going to know? No. You know? So technically, that's not me joining the cult. I, was, I wouldn't say right, I was forced, but, but like I was there. But, but still, like that was all you knew. Like, that's, and you it's didn't about, know there was an alternative. Right. And, I mean, and my, the alternative sounded bad. Like, yeah. oh, well, she's not going that's to heaven. A, that's a great point. And that's, yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And that would be how, what happened to my dad. Because my dad got in. As a, I don't know, 20-something, 20 25, somewhere between 25 and 29, my dad got involved. So, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's again, it's manipulation. It's them wanting you to believe that God is a certain person and that things are a certain way. And it's that seduction. You know, they get, they get you hooked and then you're stuck. You know, because once they hook you enough, then you've hooked more people, you've hooked your family, you're in it. Um, and like I said, the people that I've been talking to lately that are trying to get out... It's it's very it's very tricky. It's very difficult. So um, why do people join a cult? And I think the the humans have a what we call a tribe mentality, tribal mentality, tribalism, however you want to uh, say it. But like we all want to be a part of something that's bigger than us. Every everyone wants that. That the word I've used I want a lot. That yeah. Outside of religion. Yeah, exactly. Well, you you just want it. You want right. it. Why would you not? Like. Um, it's innate. It's built into us. It's humanity. We all want to be part of something bigger. And religion gives you that. Especially, I shouldn't say religion. Cults give you... Religion gives you that for sure. I don't call religion cults, but religion gives you that. Cults give you that in an accelerated fashion. Where you're not just a part of something bigger. You're making a huge difference. Do you realize every time I told someone the gospel and they got saved, like, I changed... So when you die and you go to heaven, you're there forever. That's, I did that shit. Like, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, that's cool, but they never would have heard about him if it weren't for me. So on a very intense scale, it's because of, in a way, it's because wow. of me that when they die, they'll get to live forever in eternity. That's There's a streets of gold and there's a crystal really river. 
You feel powerful. Can you imagine how powerful that makes you feel? And you're not only that, you're saving them from eternal torment. Yeah. When they die, if they go to hell, it's called a place where the worm dieth not, which means the worms that eat your body as a corpse when you're dead are eating you for the rest of eternity. You're on fire. You're burning for the rest of eternity. I, I didn't technically save you from that, but if it wasn't for me, you could have ended up there. <laughs> Instead, you're going to live in paradise. Wow. Where you're going to be perfect. So that gives you just kind of an, an idea of, the, like you said, the power and, and the, the sense of longing is accomplished. You're just like, okay, you know what? I'm a part of something that's huge. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than, it's bigger than you think about it. It's bigger than reality. Uh-huh. It's bigger than, than so many things. And so I think that's one of the biggest reasons that people join cults is we want to be a part of something bigger. And, this, and, and there's no entry fee for the most part. In Scientology, there is. But there's no entry fee. There's just give your service, give your time to God. And that's it. You're in. You're good. Wow. So, anyways, the podcast is going well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> but um, if you have if you have any more questions, like I'm thrilled to answer them. But I feel like I feel like we've discussed a lot. And, like, I'm grateful for you um, coming on and have, just kind of being curious and talking about all that. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm sure I'll have more questions tomorrow. <laughs> shoot me a text. I'll be there. <laughs> Um, but do you have anything else? Is there anything else you want to ask or anything you want to add to that at all? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure your answers are satisfied. All right, guys. So once again, my good friend Becca was on, uh, today. I'm super, super grateful. Thank you for coming. Okay. I uh, appreciate it. And, um, I'm so glad you guys watched this. If you watched to this point, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm always thrilled to have you along and I've said this more than once, but I think it bears repeating and. I don't think I've said it that much lately, and I don't know where this podcast will fit in with the rest of my podcasts, but um, excuse me, if you're part of a religion, or even something that I have on this podcast currently or previously called a cult, and for you, it's beneficial, and for your family, it's beneficial, and you're not shoving your religion down someone's throat, excuse me, I know I'm giving you a lot of parameters here, and it's not harmful to anyone, then do it. If it makes you happy and it's not harmful, then that's that's my kind of my life's spot. That's where I'm at right now. If it brings me joy and it's not bringing anyone else pain, why should I not do it? I don't okay. see the point. So for me, for you, if you're part of some type of organized religion, which I'm not a fan of, but that's me. That's my perspective. I get to have that. But if you're part of some kind of organized religion and you listen to this and you think, well, this guy's just an asshole and he's just mad about religion. Yeah, I am, and I am, okay? But that doesn't no, mean... <laughs> but you didn't shit on anybody. Like I tried not to, but I have in the No, you, I mean, you can have different beliefs than everyone. It's we, true. We all do, and, but yep. that's okay. You do you, I do me, exactly. and, and that's okay. I agree. Thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> Gotta change that vocabulary. You're right. But I think the point that I want to make is, if you watch this and you come away thinking that, you know, I'm angry at you or at your religion, I'm not. If, like I said, if you're doing something, you're happy doing it, it's bringing value to your life, and it's not harmful to anyone, good God, why wouldn't you do it? I'm happy for you, believe it or not. So anyways, thanks for watching this far. Thank you so much for your support. Super, super grateful. Um, I'd be more than happy for those of you that are possibly in still or are getting out and have any questions. I don't put myself on a pedestal or think I'm anything special, but... I've been through this process. 
So if you need some help with the process or you're all done with it, but you just want to shoot the shit about it, man, shoot me a message. If you got my cell, go ahead and shoot me a text. If you don't, shoot me a message here on Facebook. You can shoot me a message here on the page if you're on Facebook or, um, you know, leave a comment here on YouTube. Um, and if you're on, you know, iTunes or Stitcher, feel free to find me on Facebook or Instagram. You know who I am. Reach out. Love to talk to you. Thanks so much for watching Not Your Mother's Podcast.